0: This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Knights and Nerds. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-N a n head on over to podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code podcast 21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free check it out
1: hi there i'm rpg enthusiast and dungeon master ryan howard can't get enough rpg talk want to hear interviews with legends of the rpg world want to discover new and interesting games then let me recommend my show rollin bones with ryan howard each week on rollin bones i have conversations with content creators industry legends and gaming enthusiasts about the world of rpgs i also share stories from my gaming table and give advice for players and gms alike sound like the show for you? Then roll your bones over to Rollin'BonesPodcast.com or the podcatcher of your choice and check us out. Roland Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews.
0: Greetings, peasants. It's me again for the second time this week. Surprise. Well, not surprise because I like I told you on multiple occasions that there would be two episodes this week. So anyways, here it is, episode 20. And I got to tell you, basically from this point on, once things kick off in this episode, we're about to record episode 26 and, and things just keep on escalating. So I think we are really in for some fun stuff. We had a couple of episodes where we're like a little bit of a breather, and now things are going to get kind of wild. Anyways, I just want to say that uh, this Monday, February the... wait, don't tell me... 7th. February the 7th. I will be appearing on Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard on Twitch, and uh, the link to his channel is in our podcast notes, so come and hang out and see why I am better off just doing podcasting and not streaming, because I have a face for podcasting. Sarah, who plays Chai, will be joining us also, so it should be fun. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but, uh, I mean, probably D&D. That's all I got for now. Let's Let's just get back into the adventure, right? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's rejoin Sarah. Matt and Kevin, otherwise known as Chai, Thaddeus, and Gutterbird. Big round of applause for making it to episode twenty! Woo! So we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this. Um, so <coughs> last episode, you geared yourselves up. Everybody bought uh, some uh, climbing equipment. You hired yourself a guide that you recognized in the form of Kiogen Bear Hunter. Who sort of remembered you, even though he couldn't quite place where you met before. One of the weirdnesses that you're sort of getting used to at this point. Uh, But, you know, he doesn't recall you meeting on the road. He doesn't recall being a guide for a weird family of pilgrims that you, um, you know, murdered together. Uh, So there's that. And you bought yourself some, you know, winter. Um, or I should say cold weather outfits. And you set off uh, and Thaddeus gave up his great sword along with the God's eye for uh <sighs> Erevan to imbue with together with the lightning web. And we'll see how that turns out. Yeah.
2: Sounds so promising when you're like, let's see how this yeah. goes.
0: All right. Well, let's get right into it. So you're, you're on foot. You're heading towards the Torvir Mountains. Kiyogan had told you it would be about five days to get to the general area that you showed him on the map. Now, this is dependent on on weather and setbacks and obstacles, and that is starting from the base. So you have about a half day's march to the actual base camp where you're going through kind of just like, you know, the open open terrain, a fairly well-traveled road, no real issues with that the you know it would be a very picturesque venture if it weren't for the constant redness that pervades the landscape now uh at this point like you do have some time so i don't know if there's things that you want to discuss as a team or questions that you want to ask ask your guide but uh since this is a journey, a little bit of a a trek for you to get to the base camp. Uh, I would ask what it is that you talk about while you're on the road.
3: I have a, uh, rules question for the gracious Tim. Mm -hmm. I suppose. I recently found out that inspiration granted by the dungeon master Rules as written is only supposed to last to the end of the session. Now, I do have currently marked on my sheet a point of inspiration for, you know, coming up with the great idea of Kyogen's pass being a way of bartering.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, we didn't even roll last session. We didn't even roll a single bloody dice, so... I don't like. Well, that. that's why I want to
3: know how you want to rule this. Do you want me to just keep holding on to? it? Should we just keep holding on to inspiration? No. Yeah, you should. Throughout? You
0: should keep holding on to it until you, until you use it. Uh, okay. Cool. I feel like when when I give it out, it's it's well earned.
3: Hey, I'm. I just wanted to make sure that when I inevitably wind up using this to fight some type of yeti, <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure that I'm not cheating. Someone's been reading my notes. Hey. You gotta stop sending them to me in little swans. <laughs> as far as Ooh, fighting swans, there's an about. idea. Ooh. Ooh. Um, as far as things to talk about during our travels, Thaddeus is uh, thinking he's gonna uh, strike up some conversation with uh, with uh, the old GB. Well. Nah. <laughs> Now, first of all, don't you be stealing my whale. <laughs> now, second, we've gone through the rules of Duotare quite, quite intensively. So I'm assuming we're just going to be playing Duotaire the entire time we've set up camp. But I was actually wanting to get a bit more of an idea as to just kind of... I know you're missing a lot of your memory and things like that about prior events. I just wanted to touch base and see how you were doing. Uh is anything kind of coming back to you in any capacity with us going through these adventures? Is there like do you remember any other parts of your family? Are you a father of any kind?
1: Uh no uh no no children to speak of, um unfortunately. Um, for my character, I definitely uh, that was certainly the plan before things went uh, as sideways as they did Um, with regards to my memories coming back I'm kind of, um, you know, some of the visions that I've seen, I'm sort of curious if these are, you know if these are highlights from a a previous life or things that I should you know, things that I should be aware of if there there are premonitions um, for the future, kind of you know, if there's anything that I can Anything that I can take from them and, and try to piece anything together, I I feel like they might be more a, a sign of things to come, um, disconcertingly so. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I you know I probably know about as much as uh, know about
3: uh, as much of myself as, as you do at this point. All right, guy likes shawarma to play card games. My kind of guy. Yeah, baby, and baby steps yeah after, after like getting that kind of information just kind of falling into the small talk that we've been going through as we march along pretty peaceful road
1: I wonder if it would be you know if we want to play these really close to the chest or sort of how much we want to trust our guide but maybe if we wanted to run some of those you know see if anything that he's aware of maybe lines up with where with what we've seen or where we're headed um, I'm not sure what you mean Oh, like, uh, you know, if we were to describe the things that we've seen or, you know, maybe if he has any, any familiarity with, you know, if we were to describe this network of tunnels we've seen or uh, the frozen, the frozen face, like the the frozen face doesn't, that I saw in my vision, doesn't look like our guide, does it? It, it does not. Okay. Whew. Ooh. But yeah, I wonder if there's any value in that or if we want to kind of keep that to ourselves. Like, did we... You know, we've we've sort of conscripted or contracted a guide, but I'm wondering kind of how much we you know we really want to tell about what we're what we're actually doing
3: for sensitive information like that. GB, I would recommend that we maybe talk about it once we've passed the base camp and are a little bit more guaranteed some solitude.
2: I think I think it would be fair to maybe start asking him some questions in the sense of like what has the last week of your life been like and, like trying to see with like what he can describe as some of the oddities that he might have noticed or where his story might have branched from where we know this, his story to have been right so like i might just ask him like qu- general questions about him like what he's been up to what's with that weird red sky that's weird eh like like general Small talk, but, like, a little bit more targeted to try and figure out a timeline of events that he might describe.
0: Yeah, so he would describe nothing quite so out of this world as, as what you've been witnessing. Certainly the arrival of weird creatures in the city was, is, is, like, the weirdest thing that he's seen. He describes feeling weird feelings of, of deja vu feeling like he should know things that are just kind of out of reach. Like when you're trying to remember the name of someone, you know, but you've forgotten. And in terms of timeline, it, it does line up to like, as best that you can tell your first encounter with Bryce.
3: Like first encounter in the town. Or the uh,
2: cave. Yeah. The very first.
3: Okay. Cool beans. So he just has like a gap where we actually met him the first time.
0: Yeah, like during that time, he was he was already situated in Stonegate. You know, he does travel around a bit, but you know, like I said before, doesn't have any memory of being hired out by, like as a, as protection or as, as a travel guide for any pilgrims he does rem- he does continue to remark about trying to oh sorry no i guess that we did you did you did kind of go along with his incorrect assumption that you had met sometime in the past and like helped helped him with his st- like a his wagon that was stuck in the mud or something like that
2: i think we just alluded to like maybe like i don't think we confirmed like a story but we were like yeah you do look familiar like perhaps that was it like I don't, I definitely wouldn't have, like, given him a directed lie, but I wouldn't have necessarily gone against what his memory, do you know what I mean? I would have been like, maybe, yeah, uh, that sounds kind of familiar. In a very similar, like, how
3: he was vague, I would have been just as vague. Right. Sounds like something we would do.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a thing we'd do.
3: Mm-hmm. Kyogen, my good sir, I've got a, uh, a question for you. Are you a religious man?
0: Hmm, that's a good. It's an aspect of this uh, character that he, that I had not uh, thought of. But uh, mostly, I was just wondering if you could tell me anything about this
3: symbol. And I kind of described the red sun and stars, moon and stars, whatever it was. It was sun and stars, wasn't it? The
0: yeah, the red sun and the red stars.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just wondering if you had any inklings on that kind of information or seen anybody around with those kinds of iconography.
0: He shakes his head, but says that he'll keep his eyes open. So about a half a day uh, passes, you know, you set out from stone gate early in the morning, early ish, and you arrive at base camp. It's already dark, but it is a, an area that is flat uh, with, in the midst of kind of like an open plain that's just goes up to the base of uh of the mountain it's a it's a flat area of of stone and and dirt and it is well lit by torches and there's a number of tents that are set up that Kyogen tells you in advance that they're just kind of always there they don't belong to anyone in particular but they just kind of if they belong to anyone they belong to the stone striders and they just are used by various groups going to and from their uh their trucks up the mountain so it's an area well lit by torches you can already hear that there is a number of of groups that are there you can smell that there is f- food cooking over a bonfire or near a bonfire as you approach and you can you quickly see that it's a a large uh boar that's been that's been killed and is being uh, roasted and as I said there's a there's a number of, of different groups who are sort of mingling and socializing and Kyogen says uh, well uh, we just find ourselves a place to sleep and you can chat amongst the groups if you like or we can avoid all that personally I'm not much for chit chat so I think I'll I'll find a a quiet place that's not too far from the fire
3: Based on the aromas coming from the boar, do we think it's got, like, a shawarma seasoning? Oh, for (laughs) God's sake.
0: No, you don't think anyone's rocking the homemade shawarma sauce.
3: All right, all right. Uh, Thaddeus just turns to everyone and goes, "Uh, I'm I'm not hungry. It's sad. I want to keep the savory taste of shawarma for as long as possible.
2: Uh, I think, can I... Before Kyogen kind of goes away... I just I wanna kinda just ask as like, hey, um I believe it it was it was Boondiggles you mentioned. He this is this where he disappeared from or was it further up?
0: Uh, he would have been much further up one of these trails already.
2: Mm. I won't immediately go like I'll I'll find a tent and like make sure that I can have a place to sleep for the night. But I think I I'll probably linger around the fire a little bit. Not, like, super... Like, I'm not, like, actively, like, trying to talk to anybody, but I'm just trying to, like, more so, like, overhear conversations and see what's what the general vibe is, I guess.
0: You're casting the spell Wallflower.
2: Basically, yes.
0: <laughs> so as you sort of begin your mingling, and it it doesn't take long for your presence to sort of disrupt the atmosphere because of the way that you are but um you know you you're sort of used to this now you notice that there's it's it's mostly human there's some half-orcs and orcs that are um mingled in with with the group uh the half the the non-humans are like more chill but once once you, they're kind of all used to your presence, you do start to hear uh, some rumors. There are some uh, people who have who are theorizing of like the specific passes that Alvin Boondiggles may have been going down when he got lost. And there's some you know conjecture, disagreement. There is talk of like really harsh and sudden snowstorms and strong winds that seem to come very suddenly, like once you get higher up. And that the wildlife on the mountain is is kind of skittish and behaving oddly, like something's disturbed them. Uh, you also over, actually, could you roll a perception check?
2: Ooh, not bad. Uh, oh, definitely not bad, 22.
0: Okay, so you hear somebody whispering about a, a stash of valuables that they had heard secondhand was up near a place called Scour's Perch. So they hadn't seen it themselves or found it, but that they, they had heard from somebody who heard from somebody that there was a stash of valuables somewhere near there. Aside from that, you, you hear a someone singing a song about a legendary warrior named Thaba. That's T-H-A-V-A. A dragon slayer who made a mystical cloak out of dragon scales.
3: I hope it comes an extra large.
1: <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like a mystical bib. It's mostly so we
0: can fit it over the chider.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: God. Don't... No, do not... Invent flying spiders. You said it flew. What have it It's a told mystical that? cloak. Uh, <laughs> Oops.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We've terrified the DM into telling us secrets. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it.
1: Persuasion.
3: Now that we know what it's all about,
1: I think we try and find this cloak. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck the main story. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, side quest. <laughs>
1: Let's cloak on down.
0: All right. Um, are there any, any of those little tangents that you want to talk to anybody about or relay to your group or anything?
2: Um, I think I would probably like to just kind of make a note about the roots that were discussed were, uh, for Boondiggles, and I'll obviously like make a mental note of like the Scour's Perch thing. I want to... Talk to Kyogen about those. I might inquire as to what kind of wildlife they've been seeing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's more that there's less wildlife. And they say that, like, in the Hagswood, there's normally a lot of birdsong and and a lot of game. It's not uncommon to see, you know, some some wolves here and there. So they've been seeing a, a much less of it. And then when they do see them, they they've been kind of agitated, more aggressive than normal, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. I think I, I don't particularly want to show that I'm too interested in those other little tidbits that I heard. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to overtly show that, but I'll, I'll probably, again, like I think once we're away from a bunch of people I might ask Kugan, a couple more questions about those like specific areas of the mountain that were referenced. I'm still in like a group that I generally sense like doesn't particularly like magic. Correct. Like it's still, it, we're in that realm. Cause I know that like the town was definitely not, not into the magic
0: stuffs. I mean, the, the town was, was abiding by the law and yeah. we have gotten a bit of distance out here. So, you're you're not quite sure how many of these people are really in line with the, the law or who, if they're just kind of more in line with, you know, the arcane acolytes or if they're somewhere in between.
2: Yeah, but I'd say, like, there's no one overtly, like, doing magic or anything like that.
0: No, no, you don't see anything like that. Um, someone comes up and offers you a drink. Do I recognize this person? No, for that. No, <laughs> sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean Dude. to. Like, you know.
2: No, mostly I'm just like, is it fucking Elden again? <laughs> like, I was like, he just keeps appearing with drinks. <laughs> yeah, at bars, offering things.
3: Do, do I recognize the smell of the drink?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, he just comes and offers me, like, just he's like, here, have one.
0: He comes up kind of nonchalantly and offers you a. It's like a a horn. Full of ale, and offers to like cheers you, and says that he just noticed that you just arrived in camp, and strikes up a friendly conversation with you, asking you know where where on the mountain that you're headed.
2: Uh, I think I'll I will accept the horn. I won't like immediately like drink it, and I'll just be like, uh, I might kind of go on about uh, basically just oh a little bit of exploring basically nothing too exciting i think all of these wild occurrences have everybody on edge as to figuring out what's going on so just a bit of that for us as well what about yourself
0: well, he says that we we've been here me and my group and he motions over to like three or four other um humans he says we we arrived here just very late in the day yesterday but we can't can't seem to decide on which route we want to take.
2: <laughs> well, what are your options? Perhaps I can help. Well, I, I'm going to gesture to like maybe perhaps like kind of going over to that group. Like, shall shall we go discuss?
0: He says, "Have you, have you been up the routes before?"
2: Not these specific ones, but I am familiar with uh, varied terrain. I'm just intrigued to hear what uh, what you all are contemplating.
0: So he says, okay, all right, we'll come have a seat by the fire, and we'll we'll see if maybe you can be our arbiter. Um, uh, Thaddeus
3: is going to just keep an eye on this from a distance now.
2: Yeah, I was wondering, what you, I don't know where you guys are. We're playing tear loudly. <laughs> Sorry, my apologies. How dare I seem otherwise.
0: So he introduces himself as Marcus, and... He introduces the other members of the group, um, two men and a woman. Uh, their name's probably not going to come up again, but uh, they, uh, they all seem experienced. They honestly do look experienced. Um, so Marcus says, well, we're having trouble between, like, we haven't been up Torvir before. And the most popular way up is the student's path, which is, I heard somebody say it's called the student's path because you learn a lot about yourself when you take that path and it's, it's maybe one of the more challenging ways up. There's the, there's the green road, which is, he, he sort of points. He says it's more of a meandering way up that goes around the base through a more heavily forested area. I'm not so keen on that. If there's a whole lot of wildlife that's acting in, in weird ways. And then there is the hawk's path, which is too much vertical climbing for us. It's out, out of our experience range. Cuz so I don't know which which route were you planning to take? Maybe we'll take that one. You seem very confident.
2: We actually also had not decided. Uh I think we're we're taking the advice of uh our guide, but um I can't deny the challenge of that Hawks Pass sounds very intriguing to us. So we'll we'll see where we end up. But um the student's path sounds lovely, though. Learning about yourself along the journey sounds... I mean, well, part of why people go on these journeys.
0: He he takes a drink from his horn, and he asks if you're like planning on setting out tomorrow.
2: Yes, I believe that is the plan.
0: And he looks to the rest of the group, and he says, I, I agree with our friend here. I think the student's path is probably the way to go. And they kind of look amongst themselves and say, yeah. If the Aladrin would would do it, then maybe we should too.
2: I'm glad to have possibly helped you. And I I wish you a, an educational trip.
0: Okay. Marcus bids you goodnight and says he hopes to see you on the trail sometime.
2: Yes, hopefully we can all celebrate a successful
0: journey. And uh, Thaddeus and Gutterbird, are you engrossed in your game or are you observing this interaction or any other interactions?
3: Honestly, JB, I don't know how you beat me every time. <laughs> it's getting problematic. It's
0: because uh, <sighs> it's because he's got Grease Trap looking at your cards over your shoulder.
3: Yeah, 100%. Can't confirm it. Oh, no, no that, <laughs> that can't be it. That can't be it. <laughs> I've got a divine sense about these things. Oh, God. <laughs> a whale that's all I got is thrown at an extra well Uh, (laughs) uh, Thaddeus as he's loudly exclaiming that Gutterbird is beating him at cards is going to do another quick little survey of the camp once uh, he feels things are starting to wind down a bit more and see what kind of groups are looking at turning in early what kind of groups are partying and what kind of groups are doing what he's doing and trying to find extra information about the groups at the
0: camp. Uh, Marcus's group retires essentially immediately after their conversation with Chai. The, ha- the, the group of orcs, they look like they are not quite done yet, but they're not being rowdy and disrespectful to the other residents of the base camp. Uh, it, it all seems to be a fairly civil affair.
3: Okay, so there's nobody who's like... There's, there's always that one group that's partying, but I don't really care about them. What I'm looking for is I'm looking for the group that's clocking which one that is so they could maybe steal their gear or... I
0: think right now that's you.
3: <laughs> cool. <laughs> just, just wanting to make sure that I'm the only one. <laughs> mm, that's fair. That is fair. This is the most civil base camp I've ever seen.
0: Well, this is like a group of um, climbers... And, and normally, people aren't really bringing valuables on, on these sorts of treks, so.
1: So we don't get the sense that there's anything untoward. It's just a, a casual, nice group of explorers.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can roll an insight check. You know what? Maybe I will. Wait, sorry, you're rolling an insight check on which group?
3: All of them. <laughs> I was just going to say all the groups.
1: Maybe on, so first group turned in, and we've got some orcs just chilling. Yeah, maybe just, uh, you know, whichever group is most most proximal to us.
0: I guess that would have been the group that went up and talked to Chai. Oh, okay, then the next most proximal. Oh, uh, (laughs) the orcs.
1: You know what? I think I got everything I need to know. (laughs) I was just going to say, take it one more, take it one more. (laughs) Keep it going, keep it going.
3: Force him to create a third group of NPCs on the fly. Do it!
0: <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, any questions before you turn in? Any points of discussion?
2: I'm sure there are things we should be talking about, but I'm kind of like, I don't want to necessarily talk about them when there's people still around, so I'm kind of... I think honestly, I do think uh, generally Chai might keep herself kind of apart. Uh From people, she might actually kind of stand on the outside, like edge of this base camp for a while, and just kind of like stare into the mountains. I think Chai's gone through a lot in the last couple of days in terms of what she defines as the balance of God's eye, and like thinking she's failed, and possibly having this other avenue to do this, and maybe maybe it wasn't as bad. Um, because time has changed, but there's a lot of unanswered questions. and uh, I think Chai' is f- trying to stay stronger than she probably is right now. So I think she's probably taking a moment away to kind of regroup and reflect on the fact that she does, like there is this lingering fa- feeling of failure. Uh, and she's trying to keep it at bay, so she's probably just kind of having a a, a a quiet moment off to the side, probably very tightly grasping her necklace.
1: Just a quiet little existential crisis.
2: <laughs> yeah, just a, a just tiny, tiny quiet looming dread.
0: Screaming uh, on the inside.
2: Yeah,
3: hundred percent.
0: Are you cool if uh, I
3: join in on this?
2: Like, As, come up player to,
3: me? to player to player, asking if you walk up. Yeah. I mean, you I. Yeah. Uh, Chai can't stop you. Okay. Uh, so Thaddeus is going to walk up, uh, noticing the. Uh, noticing a familiar looking thought process. And uh, he's going to walk up and go. <laughs> whale? Well. <laughs> well, no, what I wanted to do is I wanted to be like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whale. You just can't get away Those from it
2: no he can't nope, not I do can't. it it's
3: amazing uh, it's
2: just how it ha- like he can't stop himself from saying it either when he tries not to i just watch him his mouth actually mouth the word well and then start into the rest of the sentence
3: <laughs> chai you got the look of somebody who's got a lot on their mind uh you care to share any of that
2: I think we can talk about it, but possibly
3: more about it when we're
2: not near everybody. But it's it's hard feeling like the one task you had to do is slipping through your fingers. And you have no way of stopping it or regaining control over it.
3: I wasn't always a fighting man. I wasn't always... A believer of things what I was and you can see Thaddeus is like he's having a moment where this is probably him recognizing a person who needs someone to be vulnerable with them and he is he's turned himself into a he's slowly physically and visually turning himself into a puddle Uh, He goes, what I was, and he takes his eye bandage off and he hands it to Chai, but he hands it to her specifically so that the embroidered HTG is showing, and he says, what I was, was a father. We can't always prevent any failures that come across. What we can do is try to be better for having gone through. I've lost more than I care to share. But eventually, you find a way to make it right. However you wind up doing that. My route clearly has uh, what I will say is divided people's thoughts on me. But it is the route I'm taking, and I think you should know that there are people in this group that are just as concerned about making that extra effort. That was the cloth we used for my son Heinrich, and I dread the day that it actually has any blood on it. And he'll take it back, and he'll walk kind of back to the camp and just kind of put it back over his eye and kind of just get into his tent. And then from the tent, all you hear is, God damn it, GB, I knew you was cheating. I can see him with the cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a really neat moment. I would give you inspiration if you didn't already have it, but I'll give Sarah inspiration for her. A very cool character moment. I'll take it. What's the, what's the sleeping situation like in terms of alertness? Toe to
3: nostril all the way down. Sorry, it's, I... Toe to nostril. Uh-huh.
0: So, GB's
3: toes, my nostril. Uh-huh. All the way down. Sausage links in a little hot dog packet. Just the, two of, the, the two
2: of you cuddling? Yeah, I was like, what are, are, you, having in, a what are you envisioning?
1: <laughs> how do we go from that extremely heartfelt, like,
2: beautiful moment, to sausage party? <laughs>
3: <laughs> first of all, first of all, first, <laughs> first of all, yeah, that's how it goes, guys. God, that's life welcome. on the road. <laughs> yeah, welcome to road trips.
2: Um... I was just gonna say, like, I will probably, like, I'll probably, like, sit at the, with my back on the far wall of the tent, because I only, I just do a weird meditative thing, right? So, like, I'd sit with my back on the far end of the tent looking at the door, and, like, ideally, like, my back would almost even be against, like, a a rock or, like, a boulder. Like, I want to try and tuck myself in a secure spot. I don't know what weird sausage party these guys are doing, but that's what I'm going to do.
0: The night passes with no interruptions. The only sound is the howling of the wind above you through the rocks overhead and the rustling of the, the tents around you. Uh, you wake early in the morning, again with the smell of a, a bonfire somebody's brewed a big pot of tea and offers offers it to anybody who would like some uh, kyogen is is up probably before everyone but chai and i
3: have a question about the tea sure what kind of tea is it is it cultural appropriation for it to be chai
0: it's well it's ginger oh okay
2: <laughs> not my cousin no
0: <laughs> are you allergic is that one of the things you're allergic to, Sarah?
2: No, I'm not allergic to ginger. Oh, okay.
0: Do you not like it?
3: No, I love ginger. Oh, okay. She said not her cousin.
2: Not my cousin.
3: Chai's cousin Chai's
2: ginger? Chai's cousin ginger. Uh, it was a joke that clearly did not work at no. all. But anyway.
3: Babe, you gotta, you gotta do better. You gotta have those big heartfelt moments, then bring in a shitty joke. <laughs> I'll try really hard next time. Now, just as long as you are aware.
0: Yogan tells you that uh, you know the the weather. Aside from the redness, looks good, and you should make haste while while the uh, while the weather holds out.
2: Can I? Uh, sorry, I I just want to do one. I want to kind of retcon one thing before I uh, came back fully to the tent. Okay. Just so it would have been the night before. Just looking it up, I would have oh. cast.
3: turned into a giant spider.
2: <clears throat> no, could you imagine? I wasn't going to be that bold with it. I just want to see... Ah, yes. I want to uh, cast... I might as well do it... I'll do it three times, because I can. No, yeah, three times. I'm going to do it three times. I'm going to make good berries.
0: Ooh, wow. That's a lot of good berries.
2: Yeah, I figure I'll just keep them on hand, so um, each time I cast it, I get up to ten berries appear in my hand that are fused with uh, magic for the duration... Uh, a creature can use its action to eat a berry. Eating the berry restores one hit point, and the berry provides en- uh, enough nutrition for to sustain a creature for a whole day.
0: So how long do those so, good berries last?
2: Th- the berries lose their potency if they're not consumed within 24 hours
0: oh, all right.
2: of casting a spell. Brilliant. So they're good for the next day, because I figured, well, like we're heading out into like sketchy, not sketchy terrain, but like rougher terrain. It's a fig- I feel like it's a good ration item that I can keep with us, and a little bit of healing, healing juices. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I figure I'll just cast those so like so I have thirty of them just in
0: case. Wow, okay. So when you're ready to head out, Kyogen says he's gonna take you up the student's pass.
2: After relaying to everyone what I heard about the passes is, is this do we wanna do this? Do we wanna try for I'll I'll ask no, I'll ask Kyogen about what would the advantage of doing this pass versus like the Hawks Pass or the Green's Road be?
0: Green's Road is uh, is very out of the way. Uh, probably add add on another couple of days to our travel time. Mm-hmm. Student's Path is more direct. It's the most well traveled. And the, the Hawk's Path. He shakes his head. He says, uh, "Now, you've, hearing the other people talk about how quickly the weather's been changing, I, I would advise against." It is it is orders of magnitude more difficult. Uh, so if you're an experienced very experienced climber. It's it's faster. Uh, it avoids some some hurdles, but you have to know really know your stuff. But I would say even the experienced climbers are probably avoiding it, even though the weather looks okay now. It's to hear those others saying how quickly it's been changing lately, and when any like points to the sky and says, "Who knows what else can happen?" That last warning was so intriguing, though.
2: I know it's the danger that's getting me. I really want to go. Um, so is he saying no? He's saying, or is
1: he still being like up to you?
0: No, no. He's well. He's saying that he doesn't want to go up that, the hawk's path.
2: What if you had a giant spider to ride? <laughs> Just gonna drop that little. Nugget. No, I'm not actually. I'm not actually saying that. Um, no, like as much as I think the hawk's path is good, I understand the concerns, and I think, I think the students' path. Makes sense, as, as long as everyone else doesn't have any strong feeling. Though the danger of Hawk's Path is definitely uh, making me want to do it. I think the smarter move might be the student's path.
0: Yeah, that sounds fine. hmm So you set out along the student's path. It is a, it is a steep but open um, ascent up the slanting side of, of the mountain. You lose sight of the peak as you begin walking out. There's not a lot of tree cover here, but Kilgan says that you will end the day at Hackley's Perch, and then tomorrow you'll be into the Hag's Wood, which is a a more heavily forested area, Um, and then after that you'll be into probably snow. Cool beans. So yeah, the path up is... You know, Rocky, it's even you can sort of see how well traveled it is, so it's it's very very visible. There's only a few spots really in the first half a day where you are relying on Kyogen's guidance for this. So it's it's all pretty pretty straightforward. It is, however, somewhat somewhat grueling to just, just to keep keep pace. So I'd like everybody to make um. Everybody could make an athletics check, please.
3: Yay! Oh, good. Who
2: natural twenty? Not bad. Uh, eighteen.
1: Um, when you say it's uh difficult to keep pace, um, is that is that kind of just general, or is like is it difficult to keep pace with our guide? Or we're all just kind of having it? like it's challenging at times.
0: Yeah, it's challenging at times, like to just to be going up a steep climb where there's like there's almost no areas where it flattens out. So every step that you take is you're just going up and up and up. How did Thaddeus do? Twenty one. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I rolled mo- middle of the road. Okay, uh, some rain clouds do start to move in in the afternoon. Uh, there's there's light rain shortly after you take like a short rest for for midday uh, snack of good berries or whatever it is, and you are off again and an athletics check for the afternoon, please.
3: Oh god! Oh god damn it! Ooh,
2: fourteen.
1: Yeah, that sounds like we're all a little a little tired. I got a thirteen.
3: I rolled a bag of shit and I have a ten.
0: Wow.
2: What did you get?
3: I got a three. To thirteen? Oof. No, I I rolled a ten. I have a plus seven.
2: Oh, sorry, I flipped the order in which you were saying. Yeah. This. Yes. That afternoon, that slight rain really really cuts down to the bone, eh?
0: Thaddeus and Gutterbird must not have like gotten like a deep enough sleep. Like, didn't get those it's
3: too many toes and nostrils. If you know what I'm yeah. saying.
0: <laughs> so you'll take you'll go to level one of exhaustion.
1: Oh! Whoa! 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 Hang on a minute. What does that mean? <laughs> 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 I've never seen this mechanic before. I mean, I know what exhaustion means, but like, how does this? What does this mean in terms of the, the mechanics of the game?
0: We were just talking before starting recording about how we're all tired all the time. So I know, yeah, real life exhaustion. Uh, in in the game, it just means that until you take a long rest, that you have disadvantage on ability checks. You
1: know, I play this game to get away from my real life, right?
2: Yeah. What the fuck?
0: Oh, jeez.
3: Yeah, that's why That's why we're hiking, <laughs> Kevin.
0: <laughs> also not something I would do in my regular life. <laughs> Kyogen makes camp. He says, all right, what do you guys know about paying your income taxes?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Pythagorean's theorem is really cool.
3: Thaddeus just says, well,
0: I'm <laughs> part of the church, so I don't
2: know
0: anything about paying taxes. <laughs> hey, uh. <laughs> <laughs> he chuckles to himself, you know, as the as the hours of the hours of daylight begin to recede, and uh, he he chuckles to himself. He <laughs> wanted to do the hawk's path. We'll we'll get we'll get to Hackley's perch. I'm sure the I'm sure that other group that. Chai was speaking with is already still there, I'm sure. They set out almost before first light. So as you are nearing the end of your first day of travel, uh, Kyogen gives you sort of a heads up on Hackley's Perch. So what it is is a, a rocky plateau with an area that is sometimes used for, like, signal fires. Uh, and then there is a cave area uh, or I should say an area that was carved out into a cave uh, by dwarves some years ago uh, as a as a shelter from the wind. And it's very cozy and there's, you know, room enough for an, a, a traveling group and a, a fire in the cave as well. Uh, and he says that it's very important to stay out of the wind because, and, and you're starting to feel it, the wind is really starting to uh, become noticeably cold uh, at this point in, in, at this altitude. And it's, it's a bit surprising about how quickly that has, has changed, uh, temperature wise. So when you are almost there, uh, the, the rain is, it's not pouring, but it's coming down fairly well. And you see that the, that the outside fires lit and sort of, you're walking up this path and getting to the plateau. You see that the signal fire is lit, but you don't see any firelight coming from the the cave area, which is about, you know, 30 feet against the wall. It's, you know, you see sort of a shadowy entrance. Uh, it's about, you know, maybe 60 feet from, from where you stop behind Kyogen, and he just kind of looks there, and he is scratching his head a bit. Why is the signal fire lit, but no fire in the cave? He said, I thought the other group would be here.
3: Thaddeus unclips his great (laughs) axe.
2: Yeah, I don't like this. So he's saying it would have been the other group, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That would have been ahead of us. Can I cast... Was one of them, like, wearing a specific, like, brooch or, like, anything like that that I'd remember
3: Oh. Ah yes, all mountain climbers wear brooches. <laughs>
2: I've, we just we watched a lot of Lord of the Rings recently. Okay, <laughs> like give me a minute. Fibula to be technical. Anyway, this was um, my
0: climbing jewelry.
2: Yes, well, like or like a belt that I remember, like that has something more unique to it, right? Like any anything like that, like a Kentucky, or like
1: Kentucky Derby style fascinator hat.
2: Yes, something real <laughs> subtle and appropriate for climbing. Yes.
0: No, they were dressed very drably. Uh, what's Thaddeus' armor class? Oh, God. <laughs>
3: 16. Come at me, bro. Oh, my God. That's a great segue.
1: This makes me feel like like an arrow comes flying
0: at us f- from the darkness. An air- two arrows come flying at you from the darkness.
2: What? Oh, <laughs> my God. Damn it.
0: Sorry, guys. That's my fault. <laughs>
2: oh, no. I don't like that. How far are you now?
0: Oh, like 60 feet. Yes, two arrows fly out from the mouth of the cave. And both of them hit Thaddeus for 18 points of piercing damage. Wow.
2: Oh, that's that 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 hurts. I can only imagine. And
0: we can all roll initiative now.
3: Yeah, I I think so. Miserable two-faced ass master Oh, yikes! it's um, except Tim. Ten.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, you do have disadvantage on on.
3: That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, cause we're yeah. We're You're
0: exhausted.
3: <laughs> ha! I rolled the same goddamn number.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I roll a twenty. So seven for me.
2: I have a fifteen. Ten. I immediately hand you all of the good berries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two arrows hit me. I turn. You just throw. A bunch I
2: just. Of I, I,
3: shove a bunch, <laughs> I, I shove a quick,
2: light, hearty snack into your mouth.
0: <laughs> okay, Chai, you're up first. Um, sorry, one one thing. Two people emerge from the cave entrance, and you recognize Marcus and one other person from the from the night before, uh, and they are this time decked out in. Leather armor, and they are fully decked out for combat, carrying uh, carrying sword and wooden shields. Uh, he, and Marcus says, "I I hoped our paths would cross again, and here we are. Uh, so, you are up first.
3: I don't know if this helps you. Do whatever. Make yourself beefy.
0: Make
2: I want things happen. I'm gonna cast." I'm gonna cast enlarge on Thaddeus.
3: Oh, Billy!
2: And then I'm going to wild shape as my bonus action. Into I have not picked because I was so focused on reading the enlarge spell. Uh, you know what? She's feeling a little a little dark and twisted, so I think she's gonna go decision. I that, right? Well, I, I can't do monstrosities, right? Beasts. <clears throat> it has to be beasts only? right? Alright, then I'm gonna do... I'm gonna do a tiger. Good. And I'm, and I'm gonna, like, if we can just, like, skin it as, like, a snowy tiger, because I'm still in the right, winter snow tiger. phase. Yeah, snow tiger.
0: What does enlarge do? <laughs> uh,
3: I have advantage on strength checks. And saves, and I get 1d4 extra damage for melee weapons.
2: And he is he he and everything he's wearing, including his weapon, are one size larger. I know there's, sorry for laughing, I know there's game mechanics,
1: but at the same time, that was just a really funny question for me.
2: What does enlarge mean? <laughs> yes, so I will read it. <laughs>
0: it's like, it enlarges. Uh,
2: you cause a creature or an object you can see within range to grow larger or smaller. So I can also cast it to reduce something, but I'm going to do enlarge choose either a creature or an object that is neither worn nor carried. The target, if the target is unwilling and has to make a constitution saving throw, I'm assuming you're wanting this. Uh, the target, if the target is a creature, everything it is wearing and carrying changes with its sa- changes size with it. Any item dropped by the affected creature rema- uh, returns to its normal size. So enlarge, the target size doubles in all dimensions and its weights. Ooh, girth. Oh, its weight is multiplied by eight specifically. Holy shit. The <laughs> This growth increases its size by one category. So if you're a medium creature, you are now a large creature, which affects for grappling checks and things like that. For example, if there's enough room for the target creature to double its size, the creature or object attains the maximum possible size of space it can. Uh, until the spell ends, the target has advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws the target's weapons also grow to match its new size while the weapons are enlarged the target attack the target's attacks deal an extra one d four damage
0: I would expect more than a d four but okay
2: I also would it's a second level spell though so maybe
3: the real bread and butter that is the reduce in my mind but...
2: the reduce is huge uh oh, well, but, uh, enlarged but is not actually but um but the re- So the reduced one is obviously you make it one size smaller and the weapons are, the damage is lessened by 1d4. But uh, right now I just want, and I will also hand him, if that's a can be just a free action, I will hand
0: him more of the good berries.
2: Um, and then I will be a tiger. Meow. I of the tiger.
0: Marcus and his companion, each carrying their sword and shield, are going to... Uh, I guess change their tack because seeing Thaddeus suddenly become larger, a little bit off-putting. So they're going to prepare an action each, and Thaddeus, it's your turn. You clearly recognize the type of, the, like the the color scheme of of these oh. these guys. They are Bryce's men.
3: <sighs> oh, ho, 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 that changes some shit. These
0: are Agroth soldiers.
3: All right. That changes a lot. Thaddeus stretches with his new size, flexes a little bit, cracks and creaks, breaks the arrows out of his body, takes the <laughs> bandage off his eye and goes, Well, now we got ourselves a good time. And uh, is going to like start a lumbering kind of 30-foot run. Mm-hmm bring the axe back and as he's prepping the Great Weapon Master swing is going to use one of his second level spells to teleport using Misty Step the other 30 feet and is going to carry through with a uh, an axe attack on Marcus with inspiration.
2: Oh my god. Wow.
3: Get hooked. Oh, I, I believe my 21's gonna hit. Yes, it yeah, will. It so. Sixteen. Sorry, it's great uh, weapon. Oh, faster. you did do that. Sixteen?
0: Yeah, sixteen still hits. Come on. D12. Surprised so that spell doesn't confer like temporary hit points too. Uh,
2: so that was also what I was thinking it did, which is why I was reading it. But I'm like, I still think it's worth doing. But also, I did. I would think that you'd gain like another like D6 or something. Yeah, like,
0: like. you know what? They should have it like if you upcast a it, you first get those little smite into that too. Actually. All right. So we have
3: something disgusting. 11 points of slashing damage and 11 points of radiant damage for a total of 22.
0: How you wallop Marcus with that. But they will both take their prepared actions of of attacking once uh, somebody came into melee combat with them. We'll do the non-Marcus first. He you said your armor class is 16. Correct. Oh, sorry.
3: That's 32 points of damage. I forgot the plus 10 from the Great Weapon Master.
0: (laughs) Well, that makes a difference. I mean, not in the number of attacks that are coming your way, but, like, that hurt a lot more. Okay. Marcus swings at you twice. He hits you once, and the non-Marcus soldier hits you with a glancing blow. That is a total of 12 points of slashing damage.
3: So, as the blood is starting to like pour off of Thaddeus from these slashes and the arrow wounds. He just kind of grips his axe tighter and goes and you thought I was done. He's going to oh. come with the backhand for his second attack. Oh jeez. Level five I have two attacks. I forgot oh, about wow. that.
0: I forgot what level so we are. Uh,
3: and this is just a normal swing. Ooh. 25. <laughs> yep. You add, you're adding your d4, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, 15 points of slashing damage, and I'm still going at Marcus. Holy fuck.
0: Marcus is barely standing. Kyogen notices this, quickly produces two climbing pegaxes from his
2: yes. backpack, yeah.
0: and rushes forward. Kyogen? I mean, oh. Oh, I'm glad I didn't turn into a bear. And uh, takes two attacks on Marcus, one of which is a crit.
3: Yeah, Ooh, yeah I fuck dropped the yeah. So yeah, I'm still in the realm. That was about 50 points of damage in a turn. So. <laughs>
0: um, Alright. So Thaddeus, you see Kyogen just reeling after your your onslaught and then suddenly he he is motionless as he is <laughs> as a, a climbing pickaxe just Lands in the top of his skull. <laughs> and he drops to the ground with a thud. And that takes us to Gutterbird. So you have uh, Thaddeus and Kyogen and a soldier, an enemy soldier in the foreground. And you know that there are more hostiles in the cave beyond them.
3: Hmm. Mm, that's problematic.
1: Are they... Um, so we know they're hostile, but they are they kind of... Uh, are they aware of what's going on? Like, have they... Are they uh, far enough out or close enough to the entrance of the cave that they've seen which just went down, or are they just like, oh, Marcus and,
0: and uh, non-Marcus are going to go take care of it? Well, you know that two arrows came out at you, and neither of these two guys were carrying arrows, so you think that there's at least two guys in there with bows. Oh, I see, okay.
1: How far away would I be?
0: From, from the entrance of the cave? From the entrance of the cave, it's 60 feet. I should also say that you would you would conclude at this point that they left the signal fire lit So that they could see you coming
1: I think I would like to Eldritch Blast uh, With with an agonizing blast Over The head of non-Marcus Who might get a little snotty Thinking we missed him But my goal Is to just Sight unseen Blast whoever is in that cave (laughs) (laughs)
2: Love
0: it Okay, so uh, because they are essentially in the cover of darkness, uh, you're going to have disadvantage. But you do get to roll twice because you are shooting two blasts.
1: Yep. So for my first blast, I have got 13 plus... um, does Does spell attack bonus count for cantrips?
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. So then I've got 20. So did you roll... Dirty 20. So did you roll twice and take the lower?
1: Oh, because I have Right, 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 right. Sorry. Yeah. So that's my first one. Uh, was... Did I th- say 13 or 14?
0: It was It was 13. 13.
1: Thank God, because if I messed up that simple math, I'm to <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, so this one is a 12. So uh, 19.
0: Okay. So you're... Oh, no. Yeah. So roll uh, roll your damage. Uh, seven. Okay, so that your first with with disadvantage, your first eldritch blast, you hear it go. You see it just kind of lance out into the darkness, and you hear a grunt as it connects with your unseen foe. So, uh, go ahead with your second blast.
1: Um,
0: cool. I'm gonna Can see I've, what
1: I roll before. Oh I... Oh yeah, sorry. Was the seven?
0: I... Was the seven with your plus four? Your charisma bonus should be that extra
3: agonizing part of the agonizing blast. Oh, with a plus four? Huh? Or did you... So you roll
0: You rolled a seven. Four on top plus of four. that. Four so on top 11. of that. Okay. So,
3: Dirty.
2: I like it.
0: All right. All right. Go ahead with Eldritch Blast number two. Okay. Number
1: two. Uh, so I've got a 19. Whoops. I. Right. Oh, my God. 19 and an 18. All right. So 18 what? plus my seven... So I've got uh, 25 on that, and then so my damage is going to be a 5 plus my 4, so that is a 9. And I think what I would like to do is I imagine non-Marcus has kind of turned, and he was just like, you know, he sees, sees the first blast go into the cave... And I think while he is kind of looking at that in bewilderment, and I think he turns to look at me, this is where blast number two comes in.
0: Again into the cave?
1: Oh
3: no, straight into his face. Oh, oh geez, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old bait and switch. Fire one over his head and then fire one into his head.
0: Yeah, he did not like he did not like that. Um See, that's too bad,
1: because I really did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So things have changed somewhat. Uh, there's a grievously wounded archer uh, I, and one who's not been hit and they are going to pick new targets. Though, so
2: how big is this cave opening? <laughs> is Thaddeus now covering the door?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's not enormous, it's-, it's... I'm, ju- I'm oh, okay. just mostly joking. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, so one of the archers is gonna shoot at Thaddeus. And the other shoots at Gutterbird and crits on, against Gutterbird. So, Kevin, you're going to take 15 points of damage from that arrow. And Matt, you're going to take 7 points of damage.
3: Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay.
2: <laughs> is that is that a single bead of sweat dripping from your brow? Good, sir.
3: It's definitely a single digit number. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It is Chai's turn. Uh,
2: I'm I'm a little far still. None of them have come out towards us, eh?
0: No. I mean, none of the archers. Like, but the the soldier is basically thirty feet from you. Excellent. Okay,
2: I will. I will do my like run up uh, and claw attack.
0: So. On the soldier. You're going to have mega advantage
2: Mega advantage I mean I did just do a nat 20 Uh, So it is a 25 to hit On a crit I think that's fine Um, You also have to make a strength saving throw
3: What would you have done if he had said That doesn't hit Right Crits are auto hits
0: (laughs) Uh, He fails
2: Okay, so it's 17 points of claw damage, but because he failed, he's knocked prone, and I get a bonus bite attack. Okay. Uh, It does a dirty 20 hit. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Ooh, uh, that is another 10 points of piercing damage.
0: Okay, so here's a question. Is that a non-lethal bite or a lethal bite? Uh, I think I'm going lethal. Okay. He dead. He is very dead. And that takes us to Thaddeus. Unless you have anything else, uh. Sarah, that you need to do.
2: No, I think I might just like, as the tiger, like r- like with the the bloodiest mouth you can possibly imagine. Like maybe there's still some like intestine in there. I'm just gonna like g- like absolutely roar
0: into the cave. Mm. It echoes. All right, Matt,
3: take it away. So Thaddeus, blood-soaked quite profusely at 6 HP, <laughs> um, turns and looks at the archers. Can I see them?
0: I guess, like, it, like, now that you're this close, like, very faintly. But they can fully see me, right? Yeah, because you're standing by the fire, or close closer Good. to the fire than they are.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull out the arrow that brought me down that other seven and as I do I'm going my holy symbol's gonna glow my my like eye holy symbol's gonna glow and the energy is gonna go down my neck and it's gonna shine out of each of the wounds I have as they seal up and I put 25 HP back into myself with lay on hands and with my one hand on the axe and my one hand breaking the arrow I I Say exceptionally loudly, but directed at the two archers. One of you gets to live because one of you's gonna tell me where Brass is. Ooh! And then I'm just gonna start walking towards. Not, not either of them. I'm gonna walk towards the middle and let them decide which one dies.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to snap a pool cue over your knee and drop it yeah. between them.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, can you make an intimidation check with advantage? I most certainly Cause can. Because you're so big. <laughs> I rolled... <gasps> two nat 20s.
2: Holy shit!
0: <laughs> Dispel dice, come on, what do we gotta do?
2: Dispel is killing it on the nat 20s.
0: So the, the one that got blasted by Gutterbird is not liking how things are going, and, uh, this is the, uh... The woman of the group uh, smartly throws down her uh, like she'll like stands up and basically like cross checks <laughs> the guy beside her uh, and then like runs out towards you and like throws throws down her, her bow at your feet and that takes us then to um, I guess Kyogen's going to he's gonna sort of r- like rush towards the cave entrance but like back up against the wall so that he can't be shot at and he's just sort of waiting to see what happens like he's got his pickaxes ready um, and then that'll go to Gutterbird to see what, uh, how do you want to handle this?
1: Okay, so we have just uh, the, the remaining we have sort of like a, a cowering archer and then we have a remaining archer Correct? Mm-hmm. Ooh, what poetic, beautiful poetic justice it would be to, to blindly fire one Crossbow bolts, but I feel like I can do more damage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to to, to eldritchly blast up into the up into the cave one yeah. more time.
0: If you move up like towards the, like with the rest of the group, you won't have disadvantage.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Great. I'd love to do that. So I have a 14 plus my seven, so 21. Mm-hmm. Kill yeah. damage. <laughs> is a six plus a four, so ten.
0: Okay, and blast number two.
1: Uh, ten plus seven, so seventeen. <laughs> yep. A little eight plus four, uh, twelve.
0: Okay. Are you putting any any sort of spin on on how you're putting this archer down permanently?
1: Do you guys ever see that movie? Yes. I feel like. Okay, good. So then no, I don't need to no. know. <laughs> yeah, Sarah
2: didn't. Sarah
1: didn't, so I'm going Sean Aston um, was in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, if Sean Aston was in it, I'm out. I'm taking a wild guess on the cast, and I've also never seen it. So, so bear with me while I hash this all out. I'm thinking there was some sort of Angelina Jolie, James McAvoy vehicle where they're like... Wanted. Is it Wanted. Perfect. Yeah. Where so they my, curve the bullet. Yeah. So my dream here is to have is to bend it like Beckham into the cave, sort of coming from almost so like,
2: an entirely different movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I figured out the first one, so I could just not reference it at all. I've also never seen Bend It Like Beckham,
2: so. I have actually seen both of those movies. I am wow. honored. <laughs> Sean Aston's not in <laughs> them. Sean Aston's not in them.
1: So I would like to bend it like Angelina and do sort of like a delayed pincer of Eldritch Blasts. So the first one comes in, curving from the right. The next one comes in, curving from the left. Just a little extra mustard.
0: You, you ragged all this Archer and his body is, like, blown backwards into the cave, bouncing off the wall and lays motionless. Okay, we are out of combat. You have one compliant, heavily wounded enemy uh, in front of you who is unarmed.
3: You need to tell me right now where Bryce is and what he's up to. To the best of your ability. And then I put down the four javelins I've got, kind of like how I was going to interrogate the first person we found in the snow of, in the ashes of a uh, Rinvale. Mm. And I say, you have four chances to get it right.
2: While he's saying this, I, still as the tiger, covered in blood, would like to be behind this person and like just slowly pace and lightly growling this entire time. Like not coming in to like attack them, but just like at a very, like, 15 foot different just to like add like presence pressure from behind so that like she couldn't get away if she tried I don't want to like attack her I just want to be like add that extra like pressure to her
0: right okay well you don't get the sense that she's going to run she plainly recognizes the one avenue that's really open to her at this point Okay, so she she tells you that Bryce is further up the mountain. Uh, she doesn't know precisely where. She told them, this group, and she motions to all the bodies, that, you know, to wait at the base camp in case you arrived, and you did, and to do their best to stop you from... Getting up the mountain. And she also tells you that he has two, a ladron with him. The gray ones.
3: Unfortunately, we already knew that. And he just shoves a javelin into her shin. I want to know more. What's the man covered
0: in ass? Uh, she gives you like a, a confused and afraid look. Like. Uh, she she doesn't know what to say. Uh, she she tells you she doesn't know what you're talking about. Uh,
3: I'm going to cast Zone of Truth. Ooh, okay. Uh, I believe that's a wisdom save, or is it charisma? Uh,
0: the point is moot. I rolled a nine. I would like you to
3: answer the following question again. And then I re-ask it. But as I re-ask it, I twist the javelin that's in their shin. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, she cries out in pain. She does. She does. Uh, she gives you the same answer. Uh,
3: I pull out. I pull out the javelin, and I turn to the group as if, like, to ask any other questions. And I'm like, "Do you have any other questions?"
2: Meow.
3: Yeah, I look at gutter. I'm like, it's kind of like I assume Gutterbird doesn't have any other questions either. No,
2: I, I would no, I'd, uh, I at this point, if you were asking me, I would drop wild shape, and approach. How many more surprises do we have in store for us? At Bryce's hand,
0: she tells you that she was only given, like, their group was only given the order to ambush you as best they could.
2: Where were you supposed to meet him after you ambushed us? What were your orders
0: uh, if we were successful we we would wait for him in in Stonegate
3: I think she's earned
0: the chance to walk out of this cave
2: what is Bryce looking for up there
0: she says he's he's up there looking for the stone he says she says he knew you'd come with with the reference to stone
3: is there another type of stone up there or are we all just assuming that that's God's eye?
0: Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, yeah. She would have, yeah, sorry. Um, it's, you know, exactly. That's what she, she means. And she sort of like looks around at the, at the group and she, like her former group. And she's like, realizes now that she, like, they never really had a chance to stop you. And (laughs) I think he just sent us here to die.
2: Yes, he most definitely did.
0: Um, so she's, she's trying to, like, bandage up her leg, and she says that, um, she'll, I guess, leave, leave this place, and if your paths ever cross again, she'll repay, repay your mercy, somehow.
3: Uh, one, one last question, before I let you walk out of the cave. What does the red sun and stars mean?
0: She says she's only heard that in passing the context that she understands is that Bryce refers that to that in the same way as he refers to the master
3: uh Thaddeus just kind of goes back and collects his gear
2: i'm going to how how old is this woman uh it's like late 20s i'm going to like lean down and i'm just going to kind of like like i don't care if other people hear. i'm just going to say this like in a more intense quiet fashion, like, directly into her, like, ears, basically. I want you to listen very carefully. People in this role of power don't, don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a single shit whether you live or die, as you can clearly see here. You are lucky enough to have seen that. But I need you now to get out of here and never come back. And I will just, like, back away.
1: All right. And then I'm, like, a couple feet away, and I
3: just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As she gets to the fire, Thaddeus is going to call out to her one more time and go, wait, I thought of one more question. How long have you been in his employ?
0: Mm. So she, she would tell you that, like, they're they're in the... In his army. So I guess like in terms of like she, she's from Agroth. She's, you know, a career soldier. Um, and he's be-
3: halfway through the explanation a javelin goes into her head.
0: Go oh. what?
3: <laughs> I'm throwing the javelin to finish her off, halfway through the explanation.
2: Oh my God.
3: Wow. What prompted that? She was part of the army.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Kyogen says, wow,
3: you gave your word to her That she could walk out of the cave
0: <laughs> Alright, heavy silence Cold descends blooded. over the group
2: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that As the
0: rain slowly diminishes the, the firelight And you make your camp in silence And that's where we'll stop